Hey guys, it's Adam coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. And it's a new week for Fresh Gossip. Um, this weekend I spent some time working through some details of the vlog um, and watching um, the rough cuts that Will has sent me. He did a wonderful job. Um, and yes, we were supposed to film, or film... We were supposed to record this um, segment, but unfortunately we got busy talking about business and um, we just didn't get a chance to, but it's still on the cards. He's still going to make a guest appearance, so you guys can finally hear the infamous Will and probably take his side over mine, just like you guys did with Mandy over on Generation Gossip. <laughs> but um, so that, that was my weekend. Um, I spent it writing... Um, I'm writing a short story right now, hopefully finishing that soon, and working on the true crime book, Love You to Death, and working with Will um, on the vlog. Darren Chris had a much different weekend than I did. He married his long-term girlfriend. <clears throat> now, heads are exploding right now because gay rumors have followed Darren Chris around since he burst onto the scene. And, to be honest, almost no one believes he's straight. Um, And the gossip blogs all share one common theme. And that's even um, when they don't agree with one another, they definitely agree that Darren Chris is not straight. So why did he marry her? Well, his bride, Mia Swear, is actually one of his best friends. Um, This has been a common theme with a lot of the successful bearding relationships that we've seen. Um, They're very good friends. They actually like one another. And Darren is trying to bust out of this, for lack of a better word, I'm going to call it a rut, where he only plays gay characters. Um, he played um, Andrew Kananen, which netted him an Emmy win um, for, in the assassination of Gianni Versace. Um, and probably um, he's most famous for playing Blaine Anderson on Glee, both gay characters. And honestly, after Glee, the offers really dried up until Ryan Murphy offered him Gianni Versace. And, and there are some rumors, and I think we have to leave that label, leave this label as rumors until um, someone comes forward with evidence. But the rumor is that the only reason why he got the Versace gig is because he slept with Ryan Murphy. I'm not saying that it's definitely true, but I would not be surprised. Um, and I, and I think in Darren Chris's mind, him being married makes him straight, at least to the public. And I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I swear to God, when he first, um, started emerging on the scene, he had said he was bi. Um, and he went to the University of Michigan um, yay, Mary T, I hear you screaming. That's her, um, 
uh, that's the school she graduated from. And, of course, I'm familiar with it being from Michigan. And I know um, one of my friends used to live over by the U of M campus. And I would go go over there and, you know, especially when he first came out on Glee, people would talk about how he would hook up with random dudes. So this is not... You know, the gay members are not going to go away just because he got married. Do I think he should come out? That's up to him. Um, I used to have very strong feelings on the coming out issue. But now it's more like, if it works for you, it works for you. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Uh, Honestly, at the end of the day, no one's life is being affected but your own. You know, I think it would be great. Um, we see Neil Patrick Harris after he came out. He became even more popular. Um, Lance Bass has worked nonstop since he came out. Um, Matt Bomer, when he, like, he was the hottest thing around, he came out and became even hotter. If that's possible. <laughs> Um, so this whole cliche that gays don't work is just stupid. If you're talented, if you're good at your job, you will continue to work. You know, Lance doesn't sing anymore, but he hosts a, um, he has a radio show. He, um, hosts a show on, um, HGTV, I believe it, it is. Um, because he's good at that. I don't know that he's necessarily a good singer, but he's good at, at talking, to people and engaging them and I think that's that was his talent he was just it took him a little bit longer to find I think Darren Chris is actually a pretty good actor when given the right material and he would continue to work you know maybe he's not going to end up in blockbuster films but guess what that's not how you build a career that's how you make four or five movies and then you get killed off because you think you're too big for your britches. So congratulations to Darren and Mia. We hope you are very happy together, no matter what your relationship is. And I'm going to go, and I'm going to be right back. And I'm back. So, um, part of my conversations with Will, I'm not going to go into the details, um, but we were talking, and... I ended up telling him a story about the last um, relationship I had, if you can call it that. Um, So basically what happened was I met he who does not exist. And basically we went out on one date. And we had agreed that we were only going to see each other, like, once a week, maybe twice a week. And somehow that morphed into me spending 90% of my time over at his house. Much to the chagrin of nearly everyone I knew. And, um... (laughs) Of course, that ended up 
with us breaking up. And I'm telling that story because I'm really hoping that Miranda Lambert is listening to this podcast right now because she just got married to short-term lover Brendan McLaughlin. And Brendan McLaughlin and his new bride have only known one another for since November. I have taken shits that have lasted longer than they've known one another. Um, and I know that's a really, really gross analogy. It was literally the first thing that popped in my mind. Um, and I, I just hear you all turning this off right now. Saying I have jumped the shark. Um, and you guys are not wrong. Um, Oh, for the five of you still listening to me, thank you so much for being true fans and dealing with my nonsense. (laughs) And, Will, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, there is going to be recorded evidence that I just cracked myself up with a with a shit joke. Um, oh, that's the bad thing about doing a podcast live because you never know what's going to pop out of my mouth. And it, technically we could... Technically we could um, re-record this or... Um, edit it. But since I like to be live and I like the, I like the feeling of a spontaneous show... I I tend not to do that. Um, so, we're stuck with that for the rest of our lives. Um, so, moving on, um, Miranda made the announcement just as her salad dumping fight scandal. <laughs> Which, I never thought I would ever put those words together. Like, this is such a ridiculous segment. Um, I swear, y'all, I am professional. And I'm not making up the salad tossing incident. That is a real thing. Miranda Lambert threw salad. We talked about it last week. She threw salad on another patron because they were they were talking shit about her and her. Her friend. Um, so as that scandal was starting to heat up, um, she decided to change the narrative and was like, hmm, surprise y'all, I got married. Now, here's the thing. If you in the gossip circles, it has long been rumored and believed that Blake Shelton was ready, willing, and able to dump Gwen Stefani to get back with Miranda because he's still in love with her. So I'm waiting to see what is going on with that narrative because um, Bonnie Gossip especially went hard with that one. Um, And they're usually right on the money. And I mean, I get it, you know, just because one person loves the other doesn't mean that it's reciprocated. But I think in this case, it was 
I think it might have actually been reciprocated. But Blake is tied into this PR relationship with Gwen because of the voice. And you don't necessarily want him to come across as a douche by dumping Gwen and getting right back with Miranda. So there had to be some um, gift given there somewhere. And I think the gift was Miranda was like, I'm not playing the stupid fucking game. I'm going to marry this man who I've known for all of two minutes. It's almost like people were talking about Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson getting engaged like right after they started dating. And Miranda Lambert was like, hold my salad. (laughs) Which we all know she doesn't do. (laughs) Alright, I'm going to go before the segment goes off the rails even more. (laughs) And I am back. And I promise, <clears throat> I promise I'm going to try to be more professional <laughs> going forward. Um, if you're friends with me on Facebook, go laugh at my status for me. Make me feel better about myself because, <laughs> oh my god. Um, for those of you who aren't my friends, and if you're still listening after the last segment, bravo to you. Um, but I just... I just put on my, um, as my Facebook status, as you probably, um, tweeted out, too, that I, um, <laughs> that I cracked myself up in the last segment with the, with the two Miranda Lambert jokes. Um, I'm pretty sure no one understands me, or they all think I'm crazy. Either way, they're right. <laughs> Anyways... Oh my goodness. Okay, so... We're going to try to be professional here and talk about a man in his underwear. Um, and, you know, it seems like you guys like it when I tell personal stories leading into this. I don't have a personal story about being in my underwear and having photos taken. I do, but I'm not permitted to talk about it legally. <laughs> don't ask questions you don't want the answers to. Um, anyway, so, I will say this. I only buy Kelvin Klein stuff. My coat is Kelvin Klein. Um, my favorite sweatshirt, well, one of my favorite sweatshirts is Kelvin Klein. Um, and the underwear I do own are Kelvin Klein. (laughs) So, and it's, it's not because of that. It's actually just because I like how his stuff fits me. When you're not a size 28, it gets kind of difficult to find clothes that fit you properly. And for whatever reason, Kelvin Klein actually makes clothes to fit people um, properly. So, the other day, Sean Mendez was trending, which is not unusual. He's a very popular young artist. Just not one I happen to follow. And I checked my email box, and I was like, oh my god, did you see Sean Mendes? I'm like, did he die? What happened? I don't understand it. You know, what are you trying to tell me right now? Well, it turned out that Sean Mendes is the new spokesman for Kelvin Klein Underwear. 
And he unleashed a slew of pictures on his Twitter of him lounging around in Calvin Klein underwear. And the internet lost their fucking minds. Not as much as I did in the last segment, of course, but close enough. (laughs) You know, everyone else is salivating over his body. And my ass is like... I wonder if that was him writing Nick Jonas. If you don't recall, uh, um, I believe it was sometime last week, um, a picture was uncovered that looked, at least from the back, it looked like Sean Mendez riding Nick Jonas's dick. And as I said back then, it, it really could be anyone. It could be porn stars who just happened to look like the two, and they were trying to bait um, fans into a frenzy to sell their clip. Um, but, like, I was looking for marks and stuff on the body where I could compare the two pictures. And I was doing this in the middle of a coffee shop while I was supposed to be working. And one of the ladies was like... You're staring at that little boy like he's a piece of meat. And I was like, oh, honey. The the man I like is actually a man with hair on his chest and a, a very, very, very beautiful voice. <laughs> but no, like, even in terms of celebrities, I do like... Sean Mendes doesn't rate... He's no Jake Gyllenhaal, Scott Evans. Um, you know, he just... He's he's obviously attractive enough. Like, I, I get his appeal. I just don't think he appeals to me in that way. But if you want to go and see Shawn Mendes in his underwear... All you have to do is go Google it. It'll pop right up for you. But might I suggest, instead of looking up Sean Mendez, look up Kellen Lutz. It, it's like, he was the last burly man that did it. It was a spokesman. And it's been, after him, it was Justin Bieber and now Sean Mendez. Like, quit picking, quit picking twinks and pick someone with some body mass. All right, I'm going to go, and I will be right back. And I'm back. So, okay. Before we get into this, um, this week, last week we had a drunk writing um, theme, I guess you would say. This week we're going to do more like a drunk crime. And um, I just want to let you know that some of these stories will end up being done for the vlog, um, probably in a, in a deeper dive type thing, where I talk more about it, get into more of the details and whatnot, um, particularly the story, because it is so convoluted and really fascinating, um, <clears throat> I'm actually gonna try to go next week to the trial, uh, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to, it depends on, um, a couple of things, but... My goal is to actually um, cover this um, for a book. Because, it, like I said, it's just so fascinating. 
So, if you guys haven't heard of Anna Delvey, let me tell you about her. She's also known now as Anna Sorkin. So, Anna Delvey is also known as the fake heiress. She swooped into New York City and was staying at Trendy Hotel 11 Howard. Now, let me tell you a little bit about 11 Howard. Um, My reading group actually used to meet there every Thursday. And it is very swanky. A burger costs $25. Um... I used to order a grilled cheese and tomato soup. And to be to be quite honest, I missed that because it was so delicious. Um, but in any case, um, and that was $18. $18 for fucking grilled cheese and tomato soup, guys. That That is the kind of place that this is. Um, <clears throat> so... Anna gave off this impression of being a very wealthy heiress. And she met um, Neff Davis, who works as a concierge at Eleven Howard. And um, Rachel Williams, who is a photo editor at uh, Vanity Fair. And both women talked about how they got swept up into this whole thing with her. And it it was very um like as they as they're telling their story, I'm I, you know, in such a short segment I'm not gonna be able to do it justice, but um Williams was talking about a vacation they took to uh, Makra. And during this uh, vacation, they it was so extravagant. They got they when their plane landed, they got their luggage, and there were limousines waiting to carry them into this villa. And the villa was just so perfect and everything, and it was seven thousand dollars a night. And Anna told Rachel, don't worry about it. I got you, girl. Um, along And on this trip, there was also a trainer and um, a videographer because Anna wanted to make a documentary about this nightclub that she was starting. And she wanted to get used to always having a camera around. Um, and Neff, the concierge, would go out to really extravagant dinners with her. Um, and she tells a story about how at one point, like, she met Macaulay Culkin and, like, her jaw literally dropped. Um, she also talked about how when she was, um, they were, they were hanging out, um, with the farmer bro. I can never remember his name properly, even though I just wrote about it. Anyway, so she's hanging out with Farmer Bro. And he plays 
the Carter Five. And Neff tweets about it, and Anna got so pissed off. and was like, you've got to take that down. And she refused. Neff was like, no, like, I want the world to know. Like, I've heard this shit. Like, this is music that's highly anticipated. I, I want them to know that I got to hear this. Um, so Anna didn't go down to the desk for, like, three days. Now, this was highly unusual because she was down there every day before that. And she passed out hundreds, like I pass out tequila shots. <laughs> um, so, it, there was a lot of like, oh my god, like whispering. So, the culmination in all of this... Um, and you can read it in my two articles that are... One's out now. It's called The Magician of Manhattan, which is all about Neff and Rachel's um, journey with Anna. And then the second one, the second article is coming out later this week, and it's called um, A Victim of Her Own Lies. And so the whole culmination is um, Anna was a liar and a fraud, She's up in Rikers Island right now, and she's facing, like, a lot of charges because she was stealing money from banks. Um, She stole, or she defrauded $62,000 from Rachel, although um, I'm not sure what's going on with that, that case because technically that happened in a different country. And I'm not sure that the United States has jurisdiction over that. Um, but she would, like she stayed at 11 Howard, never paid her bill. She stayed at um, um, Beekerman Hotel, never paid her bill. Eventually no hotel would rent out to her because they never got their money. And she wasn't staying at these like cheap little ass holiday inns. Not that there's anything wrong with the Holiday Inn, but, you know, they're not cheap hotels. These were five-star hotels. Um, you Google Hotel New York City, you're probably going to run into these. Um, but there's so much more. Uh, like I said, th- it's going to go on the vlog. I'm going to work with Will. We're going to set up a time where I can actually film this. And, um, and I really do want to go to the trial. But so this week is... Drunk Crime Week, guys. If there's a case you want me to cover, you know what to do. Email me, ed at authoredanderson.com. Um, Facebook, Instagram, author ed Anderson, Twitter, at author ed A. And I am going to go, and I will be right back. And I am back. <sighs> okay, so this is a tough one for me to tackle. Um, because I was really, really rooting for him. Like, I really feel like Tyra Banks right now, and I just want to scream at Jesse Smollett, we were all rooting for you. We were, and we were, we were all rooting for him. We, we were all outraged when, when he was attacked, and, you know, we were ready to go and, and fight for him. Um, anti-lynching bills were passed, and, you know, in the very first segment that I did on this subject, 
I said, this could be a publicity stunt. But I didn't see how they could have done it with, without coming across as really, really shitty people. Well, the newest twist in this case is that police are investigating Josie Smollett for his attack. They believe that he set it up himself. Um, allegedly, he hired the Nigerian brothers to attack him. And they actually rehearsed it and they picked the spot where it happened because he wanted it recorded. Now, here's the part that of that that doesn't make sense. I don't know why he wanted it recorded and why these brothers would have gone along with this. You know, it's... It, it was... If this is true and this is what was happening, this is a really, really, really stupid plot. And I know about stupid plots. I've watched soap operas. I've watched seven seasons of Melrose Place. I watch Empire. (laughs) You know, I'm laughing just because I, I, I really just, I, I'm stunned. Um, he, his lawyers have said no, he had no part in this and, he, you know, he's being re-victimized here. Um, but there, there are also some rumors that are starting to emerge, um, not, and, None of them are based around the fact that he was being written off Empire, surprisingly. Most of the rumors right now are... Um, the biggest one, and the one that seems like the police are chasing the hardest, is that Jesse was actually pissed off because he really did get death threats from somebody. Um, they cut out newspaper letters, or magazine letters, and... Everyone just kind of shrugged their shoulders. And they were like, meh. Racists will be racist. Homophobes will be homophobes. Don't worry about it. So, apparently that really pissed him off. And he really wanted to um, ignite a frenzy. Which he did. And I don't think he counted on the Chicago PD going through with an investigation, I think, um, he figured, they're not gonna, um, they're not gonna follow through on this, so I don't have to worry about it. And I think that they actually might have backed off, but allegedly he insisted on doing a, um, a TV appearance with Robin Roberts right after the attack. And something seemed off, allegedly something seemed off to the cops with that. So, and Blind Gossip has a, has an item up. Let me just, um, 
they're saying that the reason why he's taking a low profile now is because they're his his legal and his legal team and his PR team are all trying to come up with a very good excuse. Here's what they're saying. He absolutely cannot tell the truth or else he is looking at felony charges. The only way around it is to assign blame elsewhere. He and his attorneys have to craft a plausible narrative that makes him look sympathetic. He can assign blame to other people, the attackers, or a public figure. He can assign blame to a past trauma, like childhood abuse or adult sex crime victim. He can assign blame to a medical condition, a mental illness such as bipolar. He can assign blame to alcohol or drugs, prescription or non-prescription, and maybe go to rehab. They have not settled out a narrative yet. My guess, and I think the, I think the most likely scenario here, but I've been wrong about this whole case, is they're going to blame the attackers. Why are you believing my attackers? You know, they told you they attacked me. I worked out with them, yes. They were, you know, a personal trainer. Um, that's why I gave them money. Why are you believing them and not me? This story is twisted. And it's only going to get even more twisted as we go. I'm going to stay on top of it and bring you all the latest developments as they happen. So, if you're listening to... The Jesse Smollett Compilation Volume 2. This is actually not the end. Um, but if you are not, this is the end. Um, this is going to do it for me tonight. Uh, thank you guys for listening as always. I am going to lift my martini glass to you and say cheers. Cheers.